I'm going to be very honest here. If you're just another person who's going, I want to be on podcasts, that's lovely. But unless you have a point of view and a perspective like your CPR method, Gloria, unless you have a perspective that's relevant to my audience, it's not as exciting for me to have you on the show. Hey, my friend, I'm Gloria Chow, and this is the Small Business PR Podcast, your go-to place for inspiration and proven strategies to help you go from unknown to being seen, heard, and valued. Every week, I will reveal the latest insights and actionable steps you can take to become the most confident, visible, and impactful entrepreneur you can be, one pitch at a time. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business PR Podcast. Today, I have Azolda Trachtenberg. She is a former NASA expert trainer, host of the Innovative Mindset Podcast, and she's interviewed top experts such as John Lee Dumas, Grammy Award winners, artists, leaders, and she's going to talk to us about how she pitches and uses media to build community, connection, and inspire. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Gloria. This is fantastic. So before we get into kind of what we're going to talk about. I just want to ask you, how many pitches do you think you've received total, like in the lifetime of your podcast? Thousands, thousands, thousands. I'm getting about 25 to 30 pitches every single day. Wow. Okay. So I'm so happy you're on here because so many people listening to this podcast want to be you know, on a podcast, right? And you've actually, you're on the other side of the inbox. So you're the one that picks who gets in and who, get, who doesn't. So um, I want to just quickly ask you, what are your favorite types of pitches? And then we can go into like the do's and don'ts. Ah, wow. My favorite types of pitches are people who uh, are doing what I'm interested in talking about, right? So if you are someone who's working in environmentalism, if you are someone who's working in the creative field, if you want to change the world through innovation, ethical innovation, I want to hear from you. If you're not, if you're someone who, for example, is into, say, hunting, which is antithetical to what I do, there's I've had hunters try to tell me, no, no, I'm pro-environment. And I went, no, no, you're not. So someone who has done the research to find out what my podcast is about and even listen to an episode or two just to see whether or not we'd be a good fit before they even pitch me is the kind of person I want to hear from. Yeah. And by the way, if anyone's listening, Isolda is an environmentalist and she's an animal lover and a vegan. So do not pitch her if you are selling leather bags or if you love to eat meat. <laughs> That's one of the things I talk about all the time is you don't, you never want to pitch like a beauty editor or, you know, a fashion editor who's vegan, like your leather bag, right? So it's just going that one step further. So, okay. So no hunters. And you talked about your favorite types of guests. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> so honest. You know, it's, it's also somebody who, you know, like if you're trying to do timed media, I, it really needs to be timely, right? It needs to be something that's relevant to right now. For my show, I, some of that content is very timely and a lot of it is evergreen. So even if you're doing an evergreen pitch, I might be interested if the subject matter is something that I'm already really curious about. And, and some people are doing emerging technology, for example. So NFTs, crypto, all of that is very important to anyone who's creative right now. So someone who's an expert on NFTs who pitches me that's very timely, but it will also be evergreen because crypto isn't going anywhere. NFTs aren't going anywhere. So knowing who you are and what you can bring to the table, whether it's timely or not, is very important to me when I'm getting your pitch. 
100%. And I know you know this because you're also in our community, PR Starter Pack community, sure. and you've seen this kind of the CPR method that, and R stands for relevance. So you've already talked about how relevance is so important, but it could also be up and coming news stories, so kind of writing on the coattails of something like a, like a crypto, sure. right? What are some other ways? What about like data, like using a survey or giving you something that's original? Like, hey, I surveyed my audience. Here's the data. Would that be interesting to you? It, it absolutely would. Again, provided it, the subject matter is something that I'm already working on. So for example, I just recently interviewed the CEO of Electrobikes, who they, they're owned by Trek and they're all about electric bicycles. And that part is cool, of course, but the part that's really cool for me is that they were looking at how many pounds of plastic we have in the oceans. And they went, you know, we're going to do something about this. So when they gave me the data, it wasn't just the Again, it wasn't just that this is the number of pounds of plastic there are in the oceans. They went a step further and went, and this is what we've done about it. They have this new little basket that they've made that is made out of one pound of reclaimed ocean plastic, which to me is fabulous because it's a, a really amazing way that they are looking to save the oceans. They used data to hook me, but then they went a step further and made sure that they were relevant in their data to what I'm already doing. I love that. So can you give me another example? I, what about, for example, Earth Day is coming up. Would that be relevant? Of course, absolutely. If you're doing something for Earth Day that you want to talk about, that again is relevant to my thing. You can do it at various holidays, any kind of occasions that are marked. Bear in mind, though, a lot of podcasters are many months ahead, right? So if you pitch me today, your interview wouldn't go up until June or July at the earliest because I'm several months ahead in my interviews. So you want to plan out your year. You want to be sure that if you're going to be hitting up podcasts, that you look and see how far ahead they are. And you can pitch early, but then get on later, depending on what you're trying to pitch. But if you try and pitch too late, like if somebody wanted to pitch me for Earth Day Now, everybody's all set up unless it was that, you know, unless it was Dr. Jane Goodall who came to me and said, you know, I'd really like to be on your podcast. I'd be like, yeah, of course I'll rearrange. But most of the time, unless you are someone who's really big in the community that I'm serving, I can't rearrange because I've already promised those dates to the people I've promised them to. But if Jane Goodall or somebody like her or Damian Mander came, came to me and said, I want to be on your show for Earth Day. Yeah, I would, but I'll, I'll be very honest. Most of the time, it's set in stone, and the next time you could get on my show would be around July 4th. So if you've got an Independence Day thing that you wanted to pitch me that has something to do with my show, absolutely. Other than that, again, know your, do your research, know your podcast or who you want to pitch beforehand, and you'll be able to do a lot of that kind of homework and be very well prepared both for the pitch and eventually the podcast. Yeah, and, and wouldn't you say that the more episodes that a podcast has, meaning the more experience that the podcast host has, the more likely it is that they're going to already batch a lot of episodes, right? It's like someone like you, you've been doing this for a while. So then basically for me, I would I would know that you're already six months in advance. I mean, is that like true for all podcasts or just more like more expert podcasters? I don't know if it's true for all podcasters. I, I don't want to speak for all podcasters, but I know that what happens is this is what happens with a lot of podcasters. Once you start really narrowing down your focus, you end up with an audience that is, you know, they're just excited for your new content, which is flattering and wonderful. But it also means that the PR folks, they uh, actually discover you and they go, oh, this is someone who's putting out podcasts consistently. They're good podcasts. I'm going to start pitching them. And so what happens with these 25, 30 pitches that I get a day 
is that then I have to wade through them all, you know, and go, which ones are actually relevant to me? Which ones are people that I want to have on my show? So when I'm in that space, I have to work out my schedule in advance. If you're a relatively new podcaster, unless your podcast has exploded, generally you're still going week to week. So as you gain more experience, you're going to start batching. You're going to start doing series of podcasts, right? So I'll go, last June, for example, was environmentalists only. That's what I did. I did a series of four environmentalists like Captain Paul Watson, who's co-founded Greenpeace, right? So so people like that, yeah, I do. I, I batched those episodes together. I recorded them together so that we were able to have this beautiful common thread. If I were a newer podcast, I might not have had that many guests. So I might not have been batching. But for my solo shows, I also batch, right? So I'm doing a series right now all about how to work with booking agents, right? What do you need to know there's this great resignation, right? So everybody's leaving to go do something they've always wanted to do. And they have to start working with talent agents or booking agents or PR people, and they don't know how. So I'm doing a, a 10 week long series on how to work with someone like that. So sort of from the other side, if you're a talent or you're a guest, how do you work with that agent? That kind of series is really important if you're a podcaster who's looking to build your audience, because let me tell you, just doing this series really built up my own audience, but also it really gives valuable information to the people who are looking to pitch. Yeah, 100%. And it seems like I need to be on that series too. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, so you, you've received so many pitches. You talked about how far in advance you batch. What are some of the other do's and don'ts of pitching just because you receive thousands of pitches? Well, if we're talking regular people as opposed to PR pros, it's two slightly different things, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I actually just recently released the deck to sort of the, the public PR pro community, if you will. There, there are certain things, as I said earlier, know what the, know what the show's mission is, know what they're trying to do. Because yeah, if you, if you throw spaghetti at the wall, you might get some connections where the podcast works with the client that you're trying to pitch but often it can be a waste of time. So saving yourself and everybody else time is a really good idea. Listening to the show is really great, in part because this is something that we need to remember. If you listen to an episode or two and you know what the flow is of that show, one, one podcaster might be able to host a bunch of the people you're working with if you're a PR pro. So if, if you, might, you might pitch one person, but if it works out well, what happens is I, one PR pro pitches me it works out well. And then all of a sudden I start getting daily pitches from that person because they know I know what I'm doing as a podcaster. So that's something else. And then I actually really, if you're a PR pro, I encourage you to curate for your clients. Pick an episode or two and have your client listen. Like I know they're busy. I know the client is busy, but in the long run, it will save their time too, because they might realize they don't want to be on the show. They might go, wait, she doesn't want hunters on her show. I'm a hunter. This wouldn't be a good fit from my perspective. So you need to, know, again, you need to know yourself too. So that's something else. I also, the relevance, of course, is part of it. A unique perspective, a unique point of view that that client has. Like if you're just another person, I'm going to be very honest here. If you're just another person who's going, I want to be on podcasts, that's lovely. But unless you have a point of view and a perspective like your CPR method, Gloria, unless you have a perspective that's relevant to my audience, it's not as exciting for me to have you on the show. And so that's part of it. And then the other part of it is you need to want to bring value to my audience, right? It's not me. And I, I actually put together a little thing where I said, there's a percentage to look at. And I, I encourage people to think of it as 30% for you 
10% for me as the podcast host and 60% for my audience. That's the value sort of split that you want to be bringing. If you're bringing 80% for yourself, like I recently had a couple of people on the show and all they wanted to do was market themselves. That's not interesting to my audience. They may or may not be interested in what this person is selling. So I, I'm not airing the episode. That's It's in my paperwork that if this content isn't good for my audience, I don't have to air it. Sorry. So I'm very honest and upfront about it that you need to be, as a, as a podcast guest, you need to be very interested in providing value to my audience. If you are not, we might finish the interview, we might stop the interview, but I probably will not air the interview. I'm so glad you broke it down like that for us. And yes, about sharing the value first. Okay. So I get this question all the time, which is, should people send you a media kit or a press kit or a one-page attachment with their bio and background? Ah, uh, Yes. Great question. So first of all, don't send me an attachment unless I ask for it. That's for sure. Uh, because chances are, I won't look at it. I'll, I'll be very honest. Unless I've already, unless you've piqued my interest and I'm already interested, I don't really need to see a press sheet. I would rather see a really concise, clean pitch that will be of value to my audience than to see your press kit. Because often, unless you give it to me perfectly, it's not useful to me, right? So your press sheet is lovely if I want to see extra information, but the pitch itself is most important. My press sheet is, is very specific, right? I have all my information, my bio, my socials, headlines, potential headlines, if you will, and then four key questions and their answers and takeaways, but also like links to my headshot and, and all of that in high res, my logo, so that it's very easy for you to use if I'm pitching you, but only after you've already asked for it. So first, I want the pitch. And I wouldn't mind a little bio, but it doesn't need to be your 100-word bio. It can be a couple sentences that highlight who you are and what you've done as part of your pitch. Why are you okay, why should I believe you as someone who's an expert on your topic? That kind of a bio in your pitch is great. If what you want is to really wow me, relevance to my topic, make sure that you are focused on serving my audience. How will you serve my audience? And your, your unique point of view, like, you know, I talk about your CPR method all the time, Gloria, because it really is that. For me personally, no, it's true. It's so beautiful. It's very elegant. For me personally, I also am good with uh, evergreen topics if they're going to serve my audience. So timeliness isn't quite as important to me. Although right now, for example, we just said, you know, NFTs are huge. And if you're a creative, you're probably at least thinking about NFTs. And if you're a creative woman, only 5% of people in NFTs are women. Out of the thousands that are going in, only 5% are women. So if you're a creative woman, I encourage you to start thinking about them. Even if you never get involved, you should at least be educated about it. So women who are in NFTs definitely want to be paying attention. And if you're a woman who's working in NFTs, you're the kind of person I'd want to talk to on my show. Do you see what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be timely right now, but it's a new and emergent technology that we need to be paying attention to if we're innovators. Yes. Let's elevate new voices and new groups and especially female mold breakers and innovators, right? Also, thank you so much for validating that my CPR method works for getting onto a podcast from someone who actually receives so many pitches. So tell me more about how you've actually used the CPR method for beyond just getting yourself onto a podcast. Oh, I love that you asked this. So for me, the thing that I do a lot, what I've done is I've adapted your CPR method 
instead of looking at it just as earned media, which I've done, I've gotten myself on uh, TV and on into into newspapers and magazines, some national, some private, like private companies who have their internal uh, they have their internal magazines that go out to every employee of the company. If they're they have like ten thousand employees or whatever, I've gotten myself into those and I've used it because I'm talking very much about the importance of having a mindfulness practice, and it's through the lens of creativity. So when I'm talking about that and you want to make your people feel valued and valuable, one of the ways to do that is to help them invest in themselves. And when I talk about that right now, especially with all our companies coming out of COVID and everybody's sort of trying to figure out how to live in this new future, that's very important to people right now, to the leaders and the decision makers and companies. So I've used it to do that, but also I've used it to pitch my my work. Like I will actually, I've taken the CPR method and modified it, tweaked it for myself and use it to pitch. I speak on mindfulness and creativity and ethical innovation. So when I'm pitching a company, that's what I do. I use the CPR method slightly modified for my own self to pitch companies, to get to do workshops, to get to do speeches with those companies. And it's not earned media per se, but boy, does it work really well to actually have that style of pitch so that when I'm talking to them and going, this is why it's relevant to you, I have a unique point of view and you're going to love this because it's going to be wonderful for your people, not your podcast audience or not your reading audience, but your employees, they love it. And it's much easier for me to get the second phone call or the second interview or whatever to get in to work with their people to help them be innovative and ethical in the way they approach their work and their lives. Love it. I've loved that you use the CPR method and the starter pack for uh, like other opportunities such as, you know, paid speaking and workshops. I mean, so many powerful ways to grow your audience, right? Um, I've also had other people use it for securing brand partnerships, you name it. So here's my question. After you've received the press, you know, after you've been featured, how do you leverage it? to make it go to work for you? How do you make it um, so that it goes the extra mile, right? And you can keep reaping the benefits of that opportunity. I think one of the things that I love about it is that it's a self-perpetuating cycle. The credibility piece, the more you're out there, the more you make sense, the more earned media you get, the more credible you are, right? So it builds on itself. You start with what you know and how you can serve. And then each time I'm on a new show, or I'm in a new newspaper or magazine or, or some other publication, I, I reinforce my credibility, right? So, so each time I do it, I don't ever, I don't ever sit on my laurels, I would say. But part of it also is that I reshare, right? I, I elevate the people who were gracious enough to have me on their show or in their magazine or whatever, so I make sure that I elevate them to my audience and we keep building that way. And having that stable foundation of I know what I'm doing is one thing, but building on it each time, sharing the information, giving it out so that people can benefit from it and really, really work on the things that they want to work on and, and find that success and achieve the way they're trying to achieve is it's built upon by the credibility that we have and that we keep building when we keep elevating each other as well as ourselves. Now, you receive so many pitches and you know, you've had your podcast for many years. So can you share what you personally are looking for in a pitch and maybe some of your pet peeves? I, I do. I actually have created a, a deck 
for PR pros about exactly what a podcast host wants and needs in order for people to pitch a podcaster successfully. So if you if you're interested in that, I'd be happy to it's it's just free gift to, from me to you. I'm happy to share it out. Uh, I will send I will send a little link to to you Gloria so that you can have it. And it's just a freebie. You don't even you know, honestly, you don't even have this is something that I think is a service for everybody who's who's trying to get PR. And I, you don't even have to sign up for anything. I'm just like, hey, here you go. You can have it. Because I think it it will elevate all of us to be able to know really what a podcaster is looking for. Because I got to tell you, beginning of COVID, we had 700,000 podcasts. Today, we have 2.8 million podcasts out there, active podcasts, right? So, so podcasting in many ways is the way of the future. And it was really interesting, actually. Rob Greenlee, who I was telling you about earlier, who's pod. Uh, in the Podcasting Hall of Fame, huge, huge, wonderful guy, wonderful man. Uh, he was saying that back in 2004, when podcasting started, before social media, before Facebook, before Twitter, before all of those, it was the way of the future. And then social media came and sort of pushed podcasting to the side a little bit. But over the last few years, with all the weird misinformation and stuff, podcasting has had a real resurgence, right? People are getting a little tired of social media, so they're moving a little bit more into other media. They're moving more into magazines, more into newspapers, pitching those kinds of things, pitching podcasts. So podcasting has had a real resurgence. And because of that, this is the perfect time to get on podcasts and really, really shine the light on what you're doing to help the people in your community, whatever that community is. So I really want to encourage people, if you know what you're trying to do, if you know who you're trying to serve, if you have a unique point of view and you have that credibility, Now's the time to pitch podcasts. Now's the time to really get out there and do it in a way that's going to work for both of you. Wow, you've given us so much wisdom and insight from how you've used the CPR method and honestly, from your own experience pitching and being a podcast host who receives pitches. So I'm going to have to go back and actually take notes. And for anyone listening, this is definitely an episode you're not going to want to multitask on, especially if you know that this year is the year you want to get featured. So how do people find you and connect with you? Awesome. If you'd like to find me, I'd love to hear from you. I am at Isolde T just about everywhere on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. And also you can find me at IsoldaT.com, I-Z-O-L-D-A-T.com. My last name is complicated, so I don't use it very much. And if you want to check out the Innovative Mindset podcast where I talk to peak performers in the creative, social impact, and environmental spaces, I'd love to have you there. And that's just podcast.isoldat.com. So I'd love to hear from you. And if you have questions that I can answer, I'd be delighted to, to talk with you. Yes. And you're in our small business PR Facebook group, adding value and sharing your PR wins and honestly, even answering people's questions and reviewing their pitches. So thank you so much for being a part of our Facebook group. And for anyone that's listening, you can join us now at www.getfeaturednow.com. Getfeaturednow.com. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am. Yes. And I love the Facebook group. There's so much. One of the things that I love about you so much, Gloria, is that you are incredibly selfless in your wisdom. No, it's so true. You are wise and you are gracious with your wisdom. And that is that is wonderful. And I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for you. And it's funny. Here's, here's, here's proof of the pudding, right? When you first pitched me to be on my show, your pitch was perfect. 
It was perfect. It was using your CPR method. You had done your research. You knew what my podcast was about. And you pitched me in a way that was going to, it was a no-brainer, right? It was like, yes, I want you on my show. And in fact, I think when I responded, I went, yes, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Because, because you are so good at giving out information that so many of us need, but don't have. So yay to you for doing that. I cannot wait for our listeners to use what they've learned on this episode to pitch themselves and share their story because like, let's be honest, everyone deserves to get onto a podcast, right? It's a really special medium to connect with people. It's so special. And for anyone who's listening and wants to pitch Isolde's podcast and get onto her Innovative Mindset podcast... I recommend that you take what you've listened here today along with listening to episode two of the Small Business PR podcast before you pitch and I'm sure your chances will be much, much higher. So on that note, thank you so much for being here on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gloria. just finished another episode of the Small Business PR Podcast. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Now, if you want to get free organic press features, get onto top podcasts and build relationships with editors at your dream outlets, join me and hundreds of small business owners in the PR Starter Pack. It's the world's only PR tool that combines my proprietary CPR pitching framework with updated and super detailed media lists. So you'll never need to search for an editor's contact again or wonder exactly what to write in the pitch email. From proven pitch templates to gift guides to podcast lists and so much more, it's the PR secret weapon of small but mighty businesses who know that they're meant to go bigger with their message, even if they're just starting out. Go to prstarterpack.com and see how founders from every industry leveraged it to get onto the New York Times, Pop Sugar, Vogue, Shape, Wall Street Journal, and so many more dream outlets. No PR agency retainers no expensive contracts required. And best of all, no ads or relying on relationships or other people to vouch for you because the PR Starter Pack has everything you need to feel ready and confident to pitch like the industry expert you know you are. I know you're going to love it. So go to prstarterpack.com and I'll talk to you next week.